0: Well, thank you for that welcome this morning. It's so good to be here. Good to be with young guns like uh, Pastor Marlowe. And uh, huge respect for Miriam and Marlowe and the leadership that they've given to Eaglemont over the decades and the opportunity for their loving and gentle and consistent leadership uh, in this community, to be a community builder here. And uh, sincerely respect you and appreciate the invitation to come and to be with you today. Um, I understand that uh, Pastor Martel likes toast. I was listening to the message last week. So if you weren't here, you missed the fact that he enjoys nine pieces at a time, if, if it's afforded to him, yeah. So that's good. It's great being with you in a gym this morning. I'll be able to tell when people ask me this week, how'd your week go? I've already been to the gym. Yeah, just working out. We had a great time. Yeah, you can hopefully you tell your friends that. Same thing. Just come on to church, go to the gym, be a part of this. My wife's name is Jocelyn. Unfortunately, she's not able to be here this morning. I met Jocelyn when I was at Bible college. Jocelyn was the subject that I majored in. On our second date, at the end of it, I told her that I really liked her. And then, according to Bible College rules, I kissed her on the forehead. And she said, a little lower, please. So I said, I really like you. And as you can tell, uh, she just fell in love with my sophisticated sense of humor. We've been married for 44 years. We have two sons who've married two wonderful girls, and they've given us the most five awesome grandkids on the globe. So if your grandparents here, if you have family like that, you just have the opportunity to celebrate. As Pastor Marlo said, I'm a coach. I've been a pastor for 41 years, been a coach for three, so just still learning my way. But I get to connect with your sister churches. You're part of 124 churches uh, in Alberta and Northwest Territories that have a heart like yours. I come alongside pastors and churches and help them reach out to their community and be able to share Jesus. Because I believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only son And that he loves Beaumont as a part of this world and that whoever would believe in him Would not perish but have everlasting life and I believe that your friends or family members or your neighbors or the people that you work with if They were to be introduced to Jesus their lives would be changed forever. And that's why I love doing this. That's why I love being with you today. That's why I love being a part of what's going on in terms of Eagle Month. And when you, when you look at your facility and uh, being in here and seeing all the construction that's going on, uh, I love the whole idea that, um, that you have a great future. You've been through some setbacks. When we were building North Point Community Church, we experienced a few setbacks. In fact, we call ourselves the king of setbacks. We had our own flood uh, two weeks before we were supposed to open. And we understand that whole journey. But we discovered this, and I hope you have already. And if you haven't, you will. That for every setback, God will bring a greater comeback. That everything is under his control and in his timing. And I know that your facility is something that you're excited about. But I also understand that it's even something bigger. And that is not just about expanding your footprint here in the community and the facility, but it's about expanding your reach, about the opportunity to reach out to other people in the Beaumont area. The 22,000 people that would call this particular community their home, but also the ones that are close uh, to your congregation. You know, I don't believe that if you build it, they will come. But I do believe this, if you invite them, they will come. It was uh, Thanksgiving Sunday, October 2017, and we were celebrating the 100th anniversary of our church. And I was about to go in to start the service. We had David Wells, our general superintendent, and a number of former pastors with us. And just before I was about to go in, one of our hospitality team members came up and had a young man with him. And the young man said to me, uh, my name is Muhammad. I need to have my sins forgiven. That was the exact phrase that he said to me, and I just remember standing in this moment, and I think I made, I think when I look back, made the wrong choice, because I said, Muhammad, I'm about to go in, we're just about to start our service, would you come in with me? And at the end of the service, I would be glad to sit down and just talk with you. And, And so we went in, Muhammad came in, he stayed, and at the end of the service, got to sit down and meet Muhammad Nagif, A young guy, married, a little boy, and a girl. And he wanted to find out how he could have his sins forgiven. I introduced him to another young man in our congregation who was also a Muslim who'd become a follower of Jesus. And that young man came alongside Muhammad, and over the course of the months, the first Sunday of December that same year, at the end of a service that we gathered just like this, I gave an invitation, just like the one that I'll give at the end of my message for people to ask Jesus to become their personal savior, to start a relationship with God. And who came to the front? I always remember down to my left, Muhammad. And they came off the platform and stood down with him. We prayed together. In March, I baptized Muhammad in water. Uh, And he invited his wife his children started to attend that was a big deal that baptism because it meant that he Isolated himself from his parents because they were not happy at all with him getting baptized But today at North Point. He's one of the men's leaders. He leads a small group there. I had a coffee with him just a couple of weeks ago and You know God still changes lives and that experience with Muhammad. I believe will be yours that in the future There will be people who come into Eaglemont that someone else is invited because a work colleague invited Muhammad to come to North Point And when you invite people when you give them the opportunity And and they take that opportunity God is involved in that and in the midst of it And I believe that you just don't build a facility and then people will come you build a facility and invite them to come And they will show up amen and that's your future and what God has for you. And so Pastor Marlowe invited me to come and share today. We were sitting at a meeting in May uh, of this year, and I shared an idea with him. And he said, Pastor Bob, would you come to Eaglemont? Would you share that with us? So that's why I'm here today. I appreciate the invitation and the opportunity and, and to invite you to come on an adventure with me. What I want to share with you in the next couple of minutes is something very simple Uh, Anyone a a teenager a child an adult uh, could do this, but the key is this it's an adventure that you go on with God Anybody up for an adventure? Anybody up for an adventure? (laughs) All right Uh, One of the things that I love about being a follower of Jesus is that every day becomes an adventure And this is what I do every day if you, have a, if you have your iPhone or your smartphone, maybe you have a, a piece of paper that you could write on, there are five letters that I'd like you to write down the left column if you have a sheet of paper or in your notes. Five letters that stand for a word. I want to share with you the good news in a nutshell. You are the good news when you share about Jesus. Jesus. And There are lots of different ways that we have that we could help other people learn about Jesus and this is just one of many ways This is not the be all and the end all It's just something that I found success with and it's not my idea originally a friend of mine named Michael Harvey introduced this and I found because I've used it that it leads on an adventure to interesting conversations so you'll see I'm sure on the slides The idea of the word acorn—that's what I want to lead you through, and I want to lead you through what each of those letters um, actually stand for. And so, again, if you're everybody ready to write, I just want to make sure, because I trust that at the end of this, I don't know how many people are here today—probably close to Um, 200—I trust that every person in this room would be able to say, "Bob, thank you for sharing that. That's given me an idea. I think I could work with this." And so, I want to make sure you get that down, that God would work through that with you. And the first letter is simply this. It stands for Ask God. ACORN, the first letter A, simply stands for Ask God. So, every day that I get up in the morning, my first prayer is this. Lord, today, who do you want me to connect with? I ask God, Lord, today. And the key thing is Lord. The fact that he's the boss of my life. But I believe that God would have somebody that he wants me to connect with. So I ask him, Lord, today, who do you want me to connect with? What one person do you have in mind? And that's the beginning point of it. The second letter uh, that you see there is letter C. And that stands for call. The fact that sometime during that day or evening, that God will call your attention to somebody. That he'll prompt you to notice someone. And when that call occurs, we get to the third letter. I told you this is pretty simple. Ask God, he'll call you. And the third letter is O. That simply is to obey God. Obey that prompting. To believe that God is directing your attention to that individual. Now, as, as I've practiced this, Very often what's occurred is that that obedience comes out of making a phone call. Someone will come to my mind and I'll call them Um, It may occur through someone that I know that I'm in proximity to at work or something else that I'm involved in and I'll always preface the conversation by saying this morning when I was praying I felt your name come to my mind and I just want to ask Is everything okay? What's happening? And I found that invariably, when I ask those questions, the person that I'm speaking to has something going on in their life and it's almost like, well, thank you for asking, how did you know that here's the big thing, that God cares about people. He cares about individuals. He cares about influencing people through you to share good news with them, just to share the fact that God cares about them. And and you know, this morning, I prayed that prayer, Lord, today, Who do you want me to connect with? And I wondered as I drove down here that if my one would be here, that I don't know you, I'm not sure your background, I'm not sure what you're going through, but you just might be my one today. And what you would hear in the next couple of minutes would resonate with you and you would go, how did he know? How did he know? And if you feel that, that's simply because God loves you. He cares about you. He sees you. He understands you. When he sees a crowd, he doesn't see a whole bunch of people. He sees individuals. He knows your name. He, he, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. It's easier with me than with you. But he, that's what the Bible says. He cares about every detail of your life. Somebody said the devil's in the details. No way. God is in the details. And this is a detail for today. So when you obey God and you engage someone, maybe a friend, someone you know in a phone call, or it could be a stranger, You begin the conversation simply by saying, how are you? And then you might follow up, because usually the answer is I'm fine, with how are you really? And it's that word really, when you say it sincerely, that can surface something in that person's conversation that they're willing to share with you. It doesn't always happen, but the big thing is to ask God to believe he'll call you and then to obey that prompting. Now, the, Fourth thing is the letter R Report So I'm involved in a small group at Life Church in Edmonton and so we brought this about as a practice for everybody in our small group and when we have our beginning to our small group every week uh, We always do a report we share our acorn experiences the people that we spoke to and it's it's amazing the in, in, Um, incredible experiences that people in this small group have on a consistent basis simply because they took time to say, God, today, who do you want me to connect with? And, And then to know that God would call them and to feel the prompting and then to obey that, engage in a conversation, and then they report it. And then the letter N, the last one, is simply to note. Note what God is doing in your life, in my life. This is part of the incredible adventure that when you are engaged in this process, you're engaged with God and you ask God, I'm available, I'm open, Lord, today who do you want me to connect with? And and you feel that call, you feel that tap on the shoulder, you feel the prompting and you obey that and you engage in a conversation, there's something that happens in you. If you've been involved as a Christian for a number of years and you might feel that maybe you're just going through the motions and that Christianity may have lost the energy that maybe it once had when you were a new believer, I'll tell you what, this will supercharge your life. That if you practice this every day, this will bring a supercharged aspect into your life. And as I say, it's a very simple outline. The whole idea of acorn, just A-C-O-R-N. But that can set you off an adventure of encountering people. Did you know that Jesus followed this? That this was his practice? You might say, well, I didn't even know he knew about acorns. No, I I don't think he knew this acronym, but this is how he behaved. He always talked about the fact that I do my father's business. And if you read through the Bible, and if you're new to the Bible, Jesus was a person who prayed. He got up very early, I would say probably every morning, to pray. And he was wanting to talk to God about his day, and he wanted to open himself to his heavenly Father to be directed. Because Jesus was a busy guy. What Jesus was involved in and if you have a Bible with you today or your Smartphone or however you read the Bible. Could you turn to the eighth chapter of the gospel of Luke? So in the New Testament, there's Matthew Mark and then Luke and it's in the eighth chapter a story that I want you to see the 43rd verse is the verse that we would start with in this story so Luke chapter 8 verse 43 and, and Jesus was a busy individual. Some people say, oh, busyness, we're just so busy. I don't think there's anything wrong with being busy, especially when you're busy for God. But there is something about being hurried. Busy's okay, hurried isn't. Jesus, as far as I can see, was never hurried. He always had time in his busyness to be able to pause and to deal with what was in front of him. And this story is is exactly like that. It's the story of Jesus and a desperate dad coming to him talking about his dying daughter. She was 12 years old. Does anybody have a 12-year-old daughter here? Okay, yeah, you, you would know how it feels that if your girl was dying and you were desperate and you went to God and you had Jesus there and, and you told him that she was dying and you said, Jesus, would you come with me and heal my girl? And so he was coming with you. And then along the way, and you'll see in Luke chapter uh, eight verse 43, he goes through a huge crowd because everybody's following Jesus to see what he's going to do. And the Bible tells us there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. And though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. And she came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his clothes. And the Bible says immediately the hemorrhage stopped. Her bleeding stopped. Now note this. Then Jesus asked, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter says to him, but master, look, the crowds, they're all around you. Everybody's touching you. What do you mean, who touched you? Everybody was touching you. But Jesus says, someone touched me. He noticed in a crowd with many people all around him, going to do something incredibly important, He noticed, and he stopped, and he paused, and he said, who who touched me? Someone touched me. And he says, I felt power that had gone out from me. And when the crowd silences and the woman hears this, she comes to him because she knew she couldn't remain hidden, and she came trembling, and she fell before him because, really, she could be in a lot of trouble. First of all, she was a woman who touched a rabbi. That wasn't done. But most importantly, she was a woman who had a problem with blood. And to be in a crowd of people when you have a problem with blood, that you've got to be absolutely desperate because that was not acceptable in this culture. And she understood that. And that's why she comes trembling. And she throws herself on the ground to Jesus. And she says to him that I was sick for 12 years, but I touched Jesus, and I've been immediately healed. And Jesus says to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Maybe you need to hear those words today, friend, that Jesus would say those to you, that you've come to this place. It's it's a gymnasium. There's lights. You've had wonderful music. Brandy and the team did a great job today there's greeters and welcomers here. But you've come to this place, this is a place of God. This is a place that you can meet other people who want to follow God and know God and follow after Jesus. In fact, following after Jesus is the best decision that I ever made and if you haven't made it, I hope before this gathering ends that you make that choice. But this woman was with Jesus in this crowd and he saw her. When he got up that day and he laid his life before God he asked, and then God called, his father called his attention to this woman because she touched him, and and then he obeyed his own heart because he could have just kept going on to try to heal this 12-year-old girl, but he stopped, and he said, who touched me? And then his report actually was helped by the woman because she reported exactly what had happened, but notice what's happening here. Note what's happening here, that this woman now who comes that is sick and dying and medical physicians can't help her she leaves healed and jesus says to her go in peace those are the words that you want to hear from god those are the words that jesus says the best and it was simply the fact that he stopped for this woman and engaged her and then continued on and the story ends with him raising from the dead that little 12 year old girl that god not only did miracles in the Bible, but he does miracles today. That he works in people's lives and he changes them and the greatest transformation is what occurs when you share that good news with someone else. I've had so many stories and I'm I'm not sure because I don't see a clock here, but I don't don't wanna run through too much time, but I could tell you the story of an RBC travel agent that I had online whose computer was breaking down and it was taking her way too long to do the transaction. And I engaged her in a conversation that day because I felt God say, that's the one. I I could talk to you about a pastor that I called on a matter of business and just felt prompted. I should probe a little deeper and I said to the pastor, how are you? And the pastor said to me that they were very concerned about their son because he was struggling with mental health issues. And this was a moment where where this pastor, this woman, felt that God had intervened in this moment to remind her that that God was in control, that he cared, that he put it on Bob Jones's heart to ask her how she was and she was able to tell the story and pray with her. I can tell you the story briefly about being in um, Calgary, trying to get home from Winnipeg and having a layover and being frustrated by that, but getting up the next day ready to go on the flight and uh, saying to the Lord, Lord, today, who do you want me to connect with? And getting on the shuttle bus to go to the airport, and then the last person on the bus, a very hurried woman, because she was late, they closed the doors, went to the airport, got our everything checked in, went to Starbucks, and was going to order a coffee, and who should come behind me in the line but this woman. Got my coffee, went to the waiting area. There are a whole bunch of chairs, and uh, of all the places you could pick, who would sit beside me three chairs down? You guessed it. So I thought, okay, Lord, you want me to talk to this woman. And, And so I leaned over, and I said, I think you're following me. And she laughed that same way. And so I said, uh, my name's Bob, I'm from Sherwood Park. She said, oh, I'm from from St. Albert. She said, oh, I'm from Sherwood Park. And she went on to talk about how she has a boy and a girl and how the girl loves to sing, but she wants to get her vocal lessons and they're too expensive. She's a single mom, can't afford them. And I said, oh, well, have you ever heard of a church called the Park Church in in Sherwood Park? And she said, oh, yeah. Uh, She says, actually, the administrator lives next door to me. I said, have you ever gone? No. I said, you know what, I know the music pastor there. I know that if you brought your girl there, that he would help her learn to develop her singing because that's what that church is really good at. Now you know, I don't know how that conversation ended off or where it went. I talked to the music pastor the next day and said, hey, this lady who's a neighbor to your administrator, just be on the watch for her. You know, not every conversation ends in some kind of amazing story and decision, but Do you know how many acorns it takes to grow an oak? Well, it does take one, yes. But an oak reproduces 10,000 acorns a year. But um, only one of that 10,000 create that oak. And so not every conversation ends up in a tree. But every conversation can lead to another conversation that God would have with that individual that you're connecting with. Do you follow where I'm going? How you can fit into a story like that, that you simply use a process like ACORN, and the opportunity to engage people in a conversation. And maybe this week, maybe this week, you would share the nine words that can change any person's life. Would you come with me to Alpha on Wednesday? Nine words that can change anybody's life. And I've got a card here just like you have a card. Uh, And you saw the video, and I I, I love the story. I love the the sweatshirt, actually, the most, I think, with the Santa hat there. But this card, could you hold up your card, please? You just take this card out. And uh, it, it was on the seat beside you, and maybe you've already put it in your Bible if you just pull it back out, or in your purse, or your pocket, or wherever that is. I'd just like you to hold this card. And what I'd like you to do is, in this moment, think of of someone that you could invite to alpha get that name on your mind okay do you have a name because if you do just think how incredible that is out of the eight billion in the world you know someone that you could invite to alpha to hear about jesus and and you could use this card to invite them and you could use Those nine words, will you come with me to Alpha this Wednesday and begin a journey that could change a person's life, that could bring about a difference in their eternity. And the opportunity to partner with God, that's the adventure. Here's the big thing. Who knows what's going to happen this week? I don't. I don't know who I'm going to engage. I'm not sure that you know who you'll engage, but God does. And when you simply pray these prayers, Lord, today. Who do you want me to connect with? If you do that, you will encounter someone sometime over these next seven days that will not only be a part of a God conversation where you bring good news to them, but can be a part of a pattern and a stepping stone that God is already working with in that person's life to lead that individual, that man or woman or teenager or child to Jesus. You see, every conversation we enter into is one the Holy Spirit has already started. That gives us a great confidence and and footing. And the best thing you could share with them is about Jesus, an invitation to know Jesus, an invitation to Alpha, an invitation to Eaglemont next Sunday. But an invitation, an invitation to share what you have experienced and what you have learned. An invitation so someone, just like the woman in the story that Jesus encountered, could walk away at some time in their future with a faith that brings them peace that brings a change to their lives, and that God would do that through you. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that something that it just kind of lights uh, us up in terms of our ability to be able to connect with others? And for you today, as Pastor Marlowe said, we're not quite sure who everybody is that's here, If you're a guest, so am I. I've never been here before. Two years ago, I sat in Pastor Joel's office. We talked about discipleship, but never here on a Sunday. And if that's you, then you're in a good place. This is a great community to be a part of, just knowing the leadership that is here. And if you've come to this place, and maybe it's not your first time, but you're in a place where you haven't made a decision yet to follow Jesus as your Savior, like Muhammad did. You haven't, you're not to a place quite like that, but today could be that day. And the ability to do that is so simple. You see, God loves you. He created you. And when you read the first couple of chapters of the Bible in Genesis, you discover that God created you for two things, for a relationship with God and a relationship with each other. And the difficulty And as you look around us, it's so easy to see the fact that that friendship got broken. It got broken by something called sin that is in all of our lives. And rather than friendship with God and friendship with each other, it's turned into conflict with God and conflict with each other. And all you have to do is look at our world today to understand the idea of conflict. And maybe you find it in your own home. Maybe you find it in your own marriage. Maybe you find it in your own relationships. And when that conflict occurred, God did not abandon us. The beauty is that he sent his son Jesus into this world. That he came just like us, died in our place, and was raised from the dead for our life. And that the decision to follow him as savior is a choice that you can make right where you are. You can do do that if you're watching online. You can do that if you're in the house here. And I wanna close off what I'm sharing with you today by giving an invitation to pray along with me in this, to to pray a prayer that would simply say, Jesus, this is my day. This is my day to start to follow you as my Savior. I want to trust you. Everything I know about you, I want to give everything I know about me to you. And I, I believe today that you love me, that you see me, that you know me. And I would just invite every person here if you take a moment just to bow your head and I'd like to lead you in a prayer and Today as this becomes your choice to follow Jesus As you allow my words to become your words Then there there's a connection that can occur between you and God He's so he sees you he loves you he died for you That's why this church exists to be able to share that good news and you can experience that good news today. So, would you pray along with me? You may wanna pray this out loud or you could just pray it uh, silently as you think this through, but here are the words that would take you on a path that would help you experience the peace that that woman experienced when she encountered Jesus because that's what you will do. Dear Jesus, I'm not always confident in knowing what to say in prayer. But today I want to pray and, and I want to ask you to from the inside out change my life. I heard Bob say today that you died for me and that you were raised from the dead for me. And I want to believe that because I think there's a source in there. That will change my life, so Jesus, please do that, come into my life, I want to follow you as my Savior. I ask you to change me from the inside the conflicts that are there, and Jesus not just from my past, but what 's inside me to change me so my choices in the future would be more like your choices. And I thank you, Jesus, for hearing this prayer, for seeing me today and inviting me to know you. Amen. Amen. Friends, for everyone who prayed that prayer here in this place, what a great starting point. What a great beginning point of experiencing, again, good news in a nutshell. And I know in your chairs in front of you, there's a card that looks just like this. And would love to have you be able to fill this card out, to put your name down, and to, to put um, your email address or phone number. And this would be a way that you could say, today, this was my day. Just like the story you shared about Muhammad coming to you on Thanksgiving Sunday. That you in the future would have a story where you would share that on uh, September 17th um, of 2023, that was the day where I made a decision to start to follow Jesus. And when you put your name down and you uh, put your email in here, um, if we don't get a chance to connect with you afterwards, I know that one of the pastors here will be in touch with you right away, just to be able to share with you how you could take some next steps. And if you're watching online, there's a QR code that I believe you'll see on the screens. If you just put your phone over that QR code, you'll be able to send a message to Eagle Mon Church, to the people here that, that care about Jesus and love you and want to help you be able to discover all the goodness that there is in God, and to be able to celebrate that decision with you today. Again, uh, thank you, Pastor Marlowe, for the invitation to come and be able to share with you ACORN and just that simple procedure of asking God and then knowing he'll call you and then obeying that, prompting, and then be able to have that conversation that you can then report to someone else and then note what God's doing in your life. And I guarantee you that if you go along with Acorn and you follow that practice, you were to start that this afternoon or tomorrow morning, I guarantee you that there'll be something of a higher level of engagement with God and your followership of Jesus at the end of this week than there was when you came into this church today. That's a guarantee. It's not a money-back guarantee because you haven't paid me anything for it. But it is a guarantee because I've experienced it and I know so many others who have as well. And God knows that one that he'll put on your mind that needs to hear from you this coming week. So God bless you. Expecting great things and great stories to come out of Eaglemon in the future. And again, thank you, Pastor Marlowe.